just tuned in to the Midweek Pick-Me-Up Energy Show, featuring professional officiant, tuning fork facilitator, and author, Marcy Ann Chi. In 1988, Marcy Ann discovered the quantum fields of energy and vibration, and since then her life has been a day-to-day experiment in knowing how to live in light energy for happiness, health, and wealth. She shares the principles and laws of light energy as they operate in everyday life. And now, here is Marcy Ann. And good afternoon, everyone. This is Marcy Ann, broadcasting from my studio in Southern California, where we have rain predicted. <laughs> um, a lot of us have forgotten how to spell the word rain. <laughs> But it is coming, we're all very happy about it. And today I want to talk about self-exploration and, and touch on the gender identification issue that's being presented to us today. Because I'm sure that most everyone listened to Diane Sawyer's interview with Bruce Jenner. And, um, you know, there's just something kind of innocent about Bruce Jenner. I mean, to me, he seems very honest, sort of pure, and and kind of naive. Uh, you know, I believe my assessment is proved by his statement that he believes he can convince conservative Christian Republicans to join him on his journey. <laughs> How naive is that? I just didn't feel a hidden agenda with him or any... De- desire for aggrandizement. He seems genuinely motivated by knowing the truth. The truth about himself. And the fact that all through these years he has consistently put himself aside in order to benefit the others around him is a truly feminine soul quality. And now he feels like he can explore this truth about himself. Uh, without hurting other people. So what what is self-exploration? And how is it valuable? Well, I believe the most important thing that a person can do in their life for themselves is to explore who they are. I remember when I moved to California, I was already over 50 years old. And Uh, I had been married and raised three children. But when I got to California, here I am here, and I would look in the mirror and I'd see this person, and I just would wonder, who are you? Who is Marcy Ann? Now, at this point, I had already fulfilled many of the societal roles associated with being a woman, I was born a baby girl, the first of four children, and so first I was my parents' daughter, and then I was a sister to my sister and two brothers. And then I went to school, and I earned a, a scholarship to go to college, and there I met my husband. So then I was married, and I became a wife. But I used my husband's name. I was Mrs. So-and-so. And I had three children, so now I was called mother. 
Now, all through all these relationships and attachments, I fulfilled the societal role that is connected to it, pretty much without questioning anything. (laughs) But now, here I was, 50 years old, and my husband went through some kind of a midlife crisis and decided he wanted to be with someone else, and he went off with her. So now I was divorced. So I decided to move to California, where one of my children had uh, already was, and start a new life. But who am I now? Who is Marcianne? So I went exploring. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be changing your sex to start an exploration of yourself. But I could relate to many things that Bruce Jenner said about his questions about who or what he is. Because I had so many questions myself. I began to ask all of those questions that many people never ask in their whole life. Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? These are all of the who, what, when, where, and why questions (laughs) that a good journalist naturally asks. And now remember, I started this at midlife. So you can start at any time. And I will have been in California 30 years next year. Yeah, don't do that math. (laughs) You'll find out how old I am. But I came here in 1986, starting my life as a writer. I had worked for, let's see, Broadcasting Corporation in Indiana as personal assistant and ghostwriter to Dr. Lester Sumrall for, for years. I ghostwriting uh, ghost some of his books and writing all of his radio and television programs, some of which are still on the air today. So when I came to California, I went to a job a- agency, and I sh- showed them my experience. And just that week, they had an order for a ghostwriter personal assistant, which I applied for, and I got the job. And I was with them for three and a half years. And then I met a person who was associated with a national writing company, and I went to work for them, having my own writing office in Chula Vista. The deal was they paid the rent and the telephone and advertising and I did the work and we split on a percentage basis and if I sold $2,000 in a week's time we split 50-50. Now I I had never worked on commission before (laughs) where what I made was totally dependent on me this was a totally new experience and it challenged me regarding those basic fears of abandonment and self-worth but I determined to sell anyone who came into my office I was determined to sell them something no matter what even if it was just reformatting a resume for them for $25 (laughs) But I experienced making $1,000 for a week's work for the first time in my life. And that was back in 1989. And uh, from then on now, uh, that's been my minimum. 
and then I moved to Orange County in 1994 and started my wedding business. And I now write wedding ceremonies and vow renewals and baby blessings and memorial services. And I prepare this radio show every week because I script my show. I write it out. <clears throat> Because I want to say exactly what I want to say. And sometimes I, I go over it three and four times and use specific words. So words I have used in this script today are words that have specific intentions. And I want to make sure that everything I say on this show that corroborates my own revelations and judgments and wisdoms that I share with you can be googled (laughs) so that google will say what i said well all through these 30 years i have daily been digging into all of my beliefs asking questions as to why why do i believe what i believe and watching my thoughts because do you know our thoughts create environments that create circumstances and some circumstances i didn't like so I thought, well, what did I think about that created that? And then I would change my thinking. And I've been monitoring my feelings in my heart and making sure that all of my cells in my body and my physical body are not holding any negative feelings. I've gone through and released out all negative reactions And I have filled all my cells with love, wisdom, and power. And I have tried everything I've wanted to try. I did live theater. I did my own television show for three years. I have written a book. I am the originator of the sand ceremony, which has gone all over the world. And I have this radio show. And I'm a watchstander also for the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary Radio Station Gracie in Oceanside, California. And all through this time, I have developed a rule for myself. If I see something that I might like to buy, I ask myself, if I don't buy this, will I wonder about it all the rest of my life? Or if I feel like I would try to do something, I ask myself, if I don't try to do this, will I always wonder about it the rest of my life? And if the answer is yes, then I buy it. (laughs) I try it. And this is the way to never have regrets. Because when you do it, you find out about it. And all of those, oh, I wish I had gone there, or I wish I had done that, or I wish I could have that. All of those wishes and wants and needs and hopes and dreams and desires, if you're always going to wonder about it, do it! I just decided to try everything. And you know what? It didn't matter whether I was judged successful by others. My reason for trying everything was to explore myself. What could I do? 
Did I like it? Was I good at it? <laughs> and I was the judge, jury, and hangman regarding everything I did. And I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, these last 30 years have been an absolute ball. <laughs> my life is exciting. My life is interesting. My life is full of fun. Not agony and misery and drama. My life is full of fun and further explorations. So I just applaud Bruce Jenner that he is going on this new exploration in his life. And he's got a lot to figure out. If he decides to be a female in appearance, since he likes women sexually, will he keep his penis? He says he isn't a lesbian. He says that gender and sexuality are two different things. Now, I don't understand this. I've never doubted that I was a woman. Although, if truth be told, since I am a large woman... It seems that sometimes I do tend to express in a more masculine manner. I mean, people don't think anything about asking me to help them carry a piano up the stairs. <laughs> so from an outward appearance, you know, I give this uh, look of a, of a strong, sturdy, uh, more male, masculine appearance. But you know what? Inside, I'm this teeny tiny little girl that doesn't have any strength at all. <laughs> I have sure used my masculine energy to build and operate my business these last 20 years, but I learned how to do that. And all of us do have both masculine and feminine energies. But what it seems to me is that the inner person has either a masculine or a feminine hormonal system, which may or may not be in sync with their outer genitalia. Now, this is about as much as I understand at this time. Now, during uh, my 20 years of doing the weddings, uh, since the mass mind consciousness about relationships is that of one man and one woman, and I say in my wedding ceremony, the highest form of law between a man and a woman is in a monogamous relationship where neither one has any desire to be with anyone else. Um, but this is naturally true for the woman, but not the man. A man has to determine uh, to be monogamous. But this whole standard of one man and one woman is falling apart more and more as we evolve as a species. Because we're discovering the multifaceted levels of ourselves. <laughs> My Asian friend Jackie says she's discovered she's a triune spiritual unit. She saw that when the point of light from the great central sun sprang forth and created her eternal essence, it split into three parts, not two, all masculine energies. And she sees herself as one of these three masculine energies, but she's in a female form, and she's attracted to men sexually. Um, she says her soul is these three beings, at least that's what she sees right now, but she is continuing her explorations. So if, the, if she's a three, 
Could this be why there are attractions that seem like adultery if you're married? Because that third part showed up? Or cheating if you're single but in a relationship? You ran into your third part? Most of the older cultures of the world do not have monogamous relationships. A concubine or a mistress has been and still is quite common. And only until recently, the position of mistress in England uh, has is a prostitute because originally it was a paid position acceptable in society and widely sought after because the position provided the woman with a nice home and food and clothes and personal needs and the man came to see her whenever he wanted to but otherwise she could pretty much do whatever she wanted and many pursued arts and crafts and went to school and sometimes they were able to upstep their position in society beyond the level of a mistress and into some type of commercial or social welfare position. So currently I have a student in my wedding officiant school who says um, she is gay. And I, I would like to read her answer to the question of think about the male and the female and how the relationships between a man and a woman exist and manifest and write a paragraph about your perceptions. So I want to read what she uh, wrote. I realize I don't really uh, relate to this subject in those terms. I do, however, believe in spirit attraction, whether male, male, female, female, male, female. I tried to be male, female oriented, but my spirit is only attracted to female. I have many uh, male friendships. In fact, most of my friends are male. I relate to them and enjoy them quite well as friends. And I read what you wrote about gay couples and appreciate your ability to be open and not discriminate because what you said is true. In a gay-lesbian couple relationship, there is one who is more feminine and one who is more masculine. But there is a little of both in each person. And then she continues that the indigenous tribes have always recognized gay and lesbian individuals and they say they are dual spirits and accept them as they are. They allow them to learn both male and female roles and many times lift them up to become a higher being, an androgynous being, as many times they can and do do both roles. And she says, I think I am dual-spirited. Well, that just was fascinating to me, especially at this time in our uh, self-explorations. Uh, here in California, there has been a helicopter pilot journalist named Bob Tour. He's a ruggedly handsome newsman that became famous across America for his coverage of the L.A. riots in 1992 and then again in the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase in 1994. 
And even though he has felt his feminine side as far back as sixth grade, for most of his life, Bob had suppressed his feminine urges, and he became a pilot, earning fame as a news reporter. He got married and had four children. When his marriage fell apart, his wife saying that she just couldn't deal with his anger anymore, he decided to go to Thailand and have the sex change and become a woman. And when his ex-wife found out about it, she said he was angry, angry, very angry, forever angry. And if the source of all his anger and the things that were so terrible about our marriage were that he wanted to be a woman, I wish he would have done it a long time ago. It would have been a lot better for everybody. Now, Bob's new identity is Zoe. She now works for Inside Edition, continuing her experience as a news reporter, but now as a woman. And she says she is perceived as a woman 70% of the time. And the other 30%, she says people kind of just look at her and stare. <laughs> and so she will break the stare and, uh, you know, sort of jokingly say, just pick one. <laughs> you know what? I was at McDonald's this week, and that's how I thought about the person who waited on me. Pick one. I just couldn't tell. If the person was a man or a woman, and I was with a friend, and I, I asked him, I said, what do you think? And he just shrugged his shoulders. He says, I can't tell. Well, Zoe says that every day is a new revelation of herself. But what she wasn't prepared for, and what she says is the hardest part now for her, is her loss of male privilege. Now, Zoe just made this statement recently on the John and Ken show on KFI Talk Radio in Los Angeles. Now, John and Ken were good friends with Bob, the helicopter news pilot, and they have documented the entire story of Bob's change to become Zoe uh, uh, on their radio show over this last year and a half. And after the Bruce Jenner interview, Bob and Ken invited Zoe to come on their show and discuss Bruce's interview. And then at the end of their conversation, Joey shared this uh, latest revelation about herself. She misses her male privilege. And she says men treat her so different now than she, that she is a woman. And after being a male for 53 years and being a successful male in, the, in a man's world, Zoe realizes more than could be realized by someone who's always been a female just how much of a man's world this place really is. Now she was sharing with John and Ken what it's like to go to a hardware store and try to buy some nails. Because the salesman wants to explain about the nails to her. This is the nail you use to do this and this. And this is a brad. And this is a screw. And this is a bolt. And you don't use this type of screw on plastic. And on and on and on. It says that Zoe says the male salesperson seems to feel obligated to educate the woman. <laughs> Zoe says she feels talked down to. It makes her feel less than. 
And she said she even had a salesman at Lowe's begin to explain how to use a hammer. <laughs> she needed to buy a new hammer, and the salesman went into a full explanation about how to hold it and how to hit the nail on the head. And she asked John and Ken, have you ever bought a hammer and had the sales guy tell you how to use it? <laughs> you know, a guy just wouldn't think about explaining to another guy how to use a hammer. Now, she does appreciate having a door open for her or her chair pulled out for her, but there are times in when her 53 years of operating as a man in a man's world traditionally just pops out. <laughs> so every day is a new revelation about herself. But the hardest thing has been the loss of her male privilege and real this realization that this is a place where men control and women are next and women are never going to be first she believes that women are never going to be accepted in male roles male positions this is male privilege and male privilege is spiritual it's a power that will never be displaced and to fight against it is to upset the apple cart which is only going to spill the apples out all over the place. And they'll be lost forever as a source of food and nourishment, which is their purpose for being. An apple tree is a member of the plant kingdom. It absorbs the sunlight, which is the power of our solar system for all life here. And, they trans and the apple transmutes it, which we can then eat and get the power of the sun. Because everything in this thing we call life on earth is set up for empowerment. And the only power which each of us can exercise and use is our own self-power. It's that power of life. And the only person who can operate that power is ourself. That's what self-empowerment comes from, is. So like, where did you come from? The light. Why are you here? To find your self-expression. And to use your power of yourself for your own personal life. And how can you do this? Well, don't be afraid and be true to yourself. Try it. <laughs> Buy it. Do it. <laughs> don't let yourself sit in your chair and watch the rest of the world go by. Jump into the flow and maybe at first you'll feel like you're drowning. But hold on. Don't give up. Never turn back. And allow yourself to explore and accept yourself as successful no matter what happens. And while we are all in this time of exploration, boldly going where no man or woman has ever gone before, I think it's needful to keep in place those things that have worked for us in the past. 
because it's kind of like, you know what, you don't throw out your dirty dishwater till you get clean. You don't move out of your house unless you have another place to move into. You don't quit your job. You look for another job while you're working at the one you have. Because we can't allow the complete breakdown of all structure. Everyone going into unrestrained lawlessness while each one of us explores who and what we are. There are basic structures that we have proven to work. And we just can't tear everything down all at once. There's a basic structure of a justice system. A person is innocent until proven guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt. This system isn't perfect because people aren't perfect. But if you know that in the original intention of any act, there is an original benevolent thought, then we can all operate within the systems. There is a basic structure of safety and defense which allows for our Army and our Navy and the Air Force, the Coast Guard, National Guard, and all our county sheriffs and city and state police departments and fire departments and paramedics and hospitals and doctors and nurses, and to disarm or disempower even one of these basic structures in our structure of safety and defense is to disempower and threaten them all. No still means no. Stop still means stop. And there is a basic structure that has proven that an education will get a person a good job. There's a basic public education system that will provide anybody with a high school diploma that will do the work. And there's a basic spiritual structure of the divine masculine and the divine feminine, which allows all species to reproduce. And there's a basic structure that children need to have a home with a mother and a father who love them to teach them about the basic structures. <laughs> you know, I watched a documentary recently about some monkeys who live in an obscure part of the earth. It's an area where there are no inhabitants except for a monk once in a while who wanders down into this dense mountainous area from the monastery that's hidden above. And a Chinese group of college students decided to camp in this isolated area on and off for two years to produce the story of two baby monkeys. The father lived with three females and two of them had babies at the same time. And the father foraged and brought food every day, and the females took care of the babies. And for the entire two years that the students studied the monkeys, each baby monkey was with his mother in her arms, at her breast. And when she would go get water, the baby was in her arms with her, and as the baby grew, the baby would ride on her back. But they were never apart during that full two-year period, the mother and the baby. And I couldn't help but just sit there and watch this documentary with tears running down my cheeks, 
such love and devotion, such attention and protection. I thought about that saying, monkey see, monkey do. The baby monkey saw everything in their world while under the mother and the father's watchful eye. And as both of these babies were boys, they learned everything they needed to know in order to grow up and eventually be a father. The father monkey played with his babies. He was more rough with them than the mother. He exposed them to some risk. And he taught them how to fend for themselves and to go and get the food. And what berries were good and which ones were poisonous. And one day another family of monkeys wandered through their territory. And the two groups entertained one another. And the monkeys learned social skills with others. As I watched the documentary, I wondered just how advanced we are beyond the monkeys. I mean, and to tell the truth, we're behind. The monkeys are more advanced. Because today, a, a, a human mother just doesn't think anything about having a baby and in two weeks going back to work, dropping the baby off at childcare with a someone, usually several different someones. Minimum wage workers with little education taking care of their baby while probably spending most of their time on their phone. I believe this is where the structure of our society has broken down. And I believe that the lawlessness that we see everywhere today is a direct result of souls who have been abandoned by mother and father and they're crying out for someone to pay them some attention. That divine spirit of God within each and every one of us, our very breath as we breathe in and out, is crying out. Do you hear these cries? Mommy? Daddy? Where are you? Does anybody care about me? And when these abandoned children grow up, from survival to survival, day to day, they don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They are lost. And they are hurting. And they are on a rampage. Now the only answer I see right now, and what I would like to suggest, that every level of our culture begin to direct each person into self-exploration. And since the mothers and the fathers aren't doing it, and society seems to look to the schools and the government to take care of everybody, <laughs> let us begin to make all conditions for receiving any monetary help be that they must be involved in some kind of self-improvement and self-exploration. Because only and until each person knows who they are and why they're here, can each person begin to feel their self-worth and be able to use their power in a righteous and positive way that benefits them, first of all, and then benefits all of us. Let's help everybody find out if they're a masculine energy or a feminine energy. If you're a, a masculine energy, then begin to be aware of your male privilege. This is a man's world. 
And as a man, you have the power that is to be used to provide and to protect, to build and expand, and to go forth and conquer and lead by example. And if you are a feminine energy, you are in charge of the home to provide a place of an encouragement and comfort for everyone who lives in your home. And you have the power to birth a child, to bring forth the next generation, to nurture them and teach them love and responsibility and respect and trust. It's not the school or the government's job to teach a child these things. These elements of existence have to be learned in the home by teaching and by example. This original structure has been divinely sanctioned. It's practiced nearly perfectly in the animal kingdom now. It's an older kingdom than we are, and they've learned how to do it. And I have a pair of doves on my balcony right now. She's sitting on the eggs, and he brings her food all day long. He's in and out of that nest looking over her, and he also sits on the eggs so she can go get some water or just take a break. And sometimes she just goes over to the next building and just sits on the roof and lets the sun shine on her and the wind to blow on her, and then she comes back to the nest but remember, it's a man's world. It's always going to be, no matter how much more aggressive women get, they will never have the male privilege. They can't because they are women. <laughs> and now in the area of self-exploration, as more and more of us look beyond the outer limits, we are seeing beyond a shadow of the doubt that the privilege of the male cannot be stomped out. It can be weakened, but it will never be eliminated. And it's to our advantage to re-energize the male privilege and recreate the structure of the home. For even though it is a man's world, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. There is a difference between local domination and control and supreme spiritual rule. Ladies, you need to learn about yourself. Find out who you really are. And let the men return to their position of male privilege. So this is Marcianne. <laughs> um, I am going to be doing my uh, radio show now every week. Uh, four o'clock, four o'clock on Wednesdays, the pick me up uh, middle of the week, pick me up energy show. And uh, my website is www.marcianne.com. And you can see all my videos um, on YouTube. I have about 12, I think, or 13 videos there. Uh, and all you need to do is put Marcianne in the search window of YouTube, and they'll all come up. And I have my uh, celebrations um, business startup 
my wedding officiant school now to teach you how to do what I've been doing for the last 20 years. And um, I just heard from the very first student who um, took my course back in 2008. Um, uh, she called to tell me that she and her husband now are going to sell the business and move, move uh, to Peru. And um, they're asking um, $675,000 for the business. Last year, they made $250,000. <clears> and that, that's a real story. <laughs> that's the potential. Um, if you want to start a wedding business and my course uh, the, that you can learn about it, uh, is at www.weddingofficientschool.com. And uh, my book, you can find my book at www.mrwrightforme.com. And tune in next week. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a loss of privilege part two and going into... Um, loss of male privilege part two and I'm going to go into some of the extending um, elements of society that have uh, started to happen because of the loss of male privilege okay it's been great sharing with you today and uh, I look forward to our times to again together <music>